This is the introduction to the whole podcast. At the moment, I'm just preparing to release the first group of eight. The title for that release is Begin Again. And that's because of the year in which I am releasing them, because it does seem like it has the potential to be a pivotal year for humanity. We have come through this whole year of a pandemic of COVID-19. I was conceiving of this podcast for several years when I turned my half century because I was trying to see if I had the nerve really to release something of my shared experiences in the world, those I have experienced amongst all of the creatures and all of the people throughout my lifetime, and combine that somehow with the knowledge that I have also gathered and acquired, whether that is external knowledge and information and learning or internal knowing and developing. It is vulnerable to decide that you've something to say in the world, in the wider world. I don't find it difficult in meeting people who've come to the kinds of spaces that I create or facilitate or open up because they come willingly and they come uh, and get to know me and they see what I might have to offer as a teacher, a facilitator, and in the past a art and nature-based therapist. So what I'm wondering now, releasing it to a much wider and invisible audience, if I still have some nuggets of something to share. Because when I'm talking or telling a story, I often teach through story. And when I am listening to people and trying to open space for them to grow and learn, what I'm doing in those circumstances is tuning in very closely to the people in front of me. And that comes from a long practice of listening and learning to listen and learning to pay attention to people and to ecosystems around me and to interact with those in ways that hopefully are on the side of life and growth or part of a cycle of helping grieve and say goodbye to something uh, if it's a cycle of destruction before renewal can happen. But that means that I'm being quite specific in the, the type of story. So even if the story or the facilitation or the offer or the holding of space or the listening is similar, it's very customized to the audience. Um, and it's very small and intimate. I wouldn't be someone who normally talks to very large group people. I would be most comfortable as I am right now sitting beside a fire and having just a few people sharing together. Something emerges in that sharing that's collective. And so if I am trying to distill and why did I decide to go ahead and do this? It's because of the moment. It's because of the time that I have, I have felt, you know, called to do creative things throughout my life. I started off as an artist and I have been part of small amateur writers groups and I've, I've written draft novels and short stories and some poems, but I haven't really shared them out in a wider world sense. The small group of a local writers group where you have that reading and feedback from a group of people you know is being safer for me, has been less intimidating and, and built my confidence. And I have 
in recent years started to try and see and test the waters, is there a wider audience for the kinds of collective wisdom that I've gathered that through my voice might be of use to people in some way? And I experimented with some television. I, I, I had fun doing a super garden episode where I, I designed with a whole crowd of people who I knew through community gardens and permaculture. And we, we you know, I was the front of house person, um, but we created a permaculture garden or a, a nature friendly, productive garden in a very small urban space and had a lot of fun doing it and felt that it was a useful platform to widen the circle of people to think about their connection with nature and their relationship with food and the spaces in which they could explore that. And so I have put myself out there increasingly in different media. I've been interviewed on television as well in, in different things, and I teach uh, in lots of places. So what I built up the nerve to do was to decide that it was worth putting it out there and seeing and what I created then were these eight threads to begin to weave a whole web of connection. And the eight threads would come from different aspects of the knowledge base or the creative base that I have available to me. And that through this year, I would release those eight threads in bunches of eight at all of the Celtic festivals. So this is me about to release um, and preparing to release the first eight as I come up to solstice. So I'm in the period, you know, between Samhain and solstice, which is a place of the ancestor and a place of wisdom and also a place of the overview, the place that you can see things from a, a global view as you delve into winter and head for kind of unconscious dreaming. And so I thought this was a moment that it came to me that I should go for it. Having mulled and having probably said to quite a lot of my friends and people that I was thinking for for several years of doing a podcast because it seemed like a medium that might suit me. And they were very encouraging. And so it sort of came to a, to a moment where I thought, this is a good moment. I think I will go for it. So I've made these recordings. Some of them I made several years ago. Some of them are very recent. Hopefully I, I grow to find a voice that is is a collective voice in some way, in that it's something that might come through me through collecting all the, the shared experiences that I've had in my life because I don't see them as individual experiences. I am going to talk about me as an individual a little bit. And one of the threads is about my identity and the formation of identity. And there are other threads about my understanding of our ancestors and the land I live on in Ireland. And the land uh, is this island nation on the edge of Europe. Some of the themes are are emergent from the fact that I've lived my life on some of the margins of the mainstream and I've connected with ideas and emergent thinking that is also on the, on the margins. Or it is a return and a synthesis to older wisdom that also has become marginalized. And I'm doing that in this country on the edge that is geographically on an edge and culturally is a fusion culture. 
it has such a peculiar mixture of being a European country and yet also having been a white indigenous people that were colonized. We're also a mixture of all the settlers that have come to our land and the fusion culture that emerges out of that. And we're also, while in some regards the oppression of colonization still is in the culture and the behavior of the people of Ireland and the conflicts that arose after that period, there's also a huge amount of European privilege and of passing as white in the world where we can and do participate in the kinds of colonization that happened through globalization and corporate behavior. We're, we're a corporate headquarters in Ireland for many big, big international corporates. So we definitely participate in the global economic systems. So this is, is these fusions in my own life and these edges in my own life, how they connect to those time periods where we are, I've lived and where we are now and why I've called this first batch begin again, because I think that through my life, I've had many occasions where vulnerability or discomfort or, or or trauma, even things that have been incredibly difficult to figure out and live through, have also been the periods of my life where I've had accelerated growth. And I have made myself anew. I have begun again. I have integrated new thinking um, and challenged myself to look at myself in new lights and in the world in a new view. And so I hope that if I'm putting this out in the world, that there is a small contribution that I might be making to the begin again thinking that I think we need as a whole uh, species if we are to reconnect our own understanding of ourselves as commonly indigenous to planet Earth and to find compassion for ourselves and to find compassion for people who've lived the way they thought it was okay to live or good to live. And my experience of travel throughout the world has always been that the vast majority of people are trying with love and compassion to do the best that they can and that there are others who in current systems, the niches that have opened for some people that we've had from all sorts of system stuff that I'll talk about in the podcast, we've allowed a different system emerge and different people to succeed and to suck up a lot of the resources of the planet and to exploit the natural world and people to do that. And and that is something that I think we're acknowledging and that COVID-19 seems to have widened the circle of people who are acknowledging that there's a very unjust, unfair, exploitative system effect from modernity and from the way that the mainstream has gone. And this is what I'm trying to explore. And these are the nuggets of wisdom I'm trying to mine for it in my own life and experience and hope that there is something of the beginning of a Kailak. A Kailak is the wise woman in Gaelic and there are notions about what a Kailak was and what a Kailak could be. It for me is the time in my life where I turn 
past my half century alive and towards older wisdom. As a friend said to me recently, it's not that you're old, but it is that you've stopped trying to be young. And for a while I'd been calling myself a kind of baby elder because I feel the sense of going into that space. And this really is an experiment in that. And perhaps I will be able to tell what reactions and comments come from people and that might help me figure out a year from now if there's one of the threads that could be further developed then I might continue a year on. But if I issue eight batches of groups of eight then there'll be 64 podcasts by Sawa next year and there will be eight in each thread and those threads they'll become clearer to me, hopefully, and to this wider audience that may or may not show up to listen to them. So this is uh, the introduction. I am broadcasting it from my little cottage, Shanchakin, the old cottage, as a beginner Shanaki storyteller, as a young Kailak. There is also the, the blending of all of this with the the culture and the world in which I live, and just shows that I throw into it that I am not a product of only a culture that might have developed some of my experiences. I had to go find those. But I'm also interested in the future and have always been, for some reason, I have a strong future orientation. I like science fiction that talks about the, the ideas of the future. But one of the things about most science fiction that goes far into the future is it's apocalyptic. There are moments where people have felt this year in the pandemic that we are living in something that feels like one of the apocalyptic movies. And what I was thinking just as I was coming to decide I would broadcast is that I was aware that there are others in my circles of thinking that are broadcasting. There are more and more podcasts sharing people's lives and thoughts and a new emergent broadcasting media has maybe allowed it to be accessible to voices of the margins in a way that a more mainstream media cannot. And so what came to my mind was a funny image from a sci-fi, which was there's a scene in one of the Terminator movies, which is a post-apocalyptic movie, if ever there was one, um, because it, ref it it imagines this day where where we've got it all wrong and where machines have taken over because humans are not needed by the worldview of the machines. And John Connors, who we've seen through the different movies as a boy and trying to stop this evident future happening, and I think that there's something in that of people that I know in the transition towns and permaculture and movement that have, you know, thought they could stop the breakdown of our uh, biodiversity systems or the climate system. And now there is a, a kind of surging movement in those movements talking about near-term human collapse or near-term system collapse or deep adaptation and ideas that the whole thing may be on the point of, of no return for uh, life on the planet. And so there's a moment in, in the Terminator movies where John Connors has not, has failed also. He, he's 
put his life on trying to find the information he's gaining from the time-traveling people of the future to go and prevent the apocalypse. And he has ended up believing that he's doing that, but in fact he's being directed and chased um, to not a place that will help him stop it, but in fact a bunker, a nuclear bunker that was designed for the governments of, of the time and a place to be fully stocked. And he, he goes there with the girl that has been part of the attempt to stop the future happening. And in that moment, there has been a foreshadowing of the idea that John Connors is the voice of a resistance and that he's never understood how he came to be that. And in this moment in the film, he's in this bunker and he realizes that in fact he hasn't got to the place where he can stop the apocalypse. He has got to the place where he is safe while it is unfolding. And after that, where where a nuclear winter has happened across the planet, he's sitting in the bunker with the girl. And then just then he hears a crackle over a ham radio. And there are people coming on and saying, hello, is there anyone else alive? And he comes onto the radio, says, this is John Connors. And he's the only one in this image of this kind of hero type story, which a lot of modern stories have just one hero, um, that he's the hero of the moment, that even though it's despairing and the apocalypse has happened, he knows what it is that's happened. And he knows that he can begin a fight and a resistance and a change against that. And so he broadcasts from that bunker. And while I'm not thinking that I'm the hero of a story in that way, and I'm not in a bunker by any means, I am privileged to live a relative life of safety now and to have shelter and food access that is within my own control to a large degree. I have a little off-grid cottage and a, and a permaculture farm that produces a lot of food. And I feel that through the the COVID-19 pandemic, I've been very insulated from what has happened in the wider world and the devastation for people who lack the kind of privilege I have, who are have suffered and have lost. And I think that I that's been the push that has said if I if even one person listens to this podcast and finds something that helps them open space in their lives to grow through a, a period of discomfort or challenge or who can feel like they have are one of the voices of resistance to a system that has become so deeply oppressive of the marginal of the people of color of all sorts of planetary resources and in fact, that's the way that it's treated is that, that our ecosystems are simply resources to be exploited. They're not our relations. They're not our, our community. They're not our loved ones. And so if I'm one of those voices, um, I decided it was worth giving it a shot. So welcome to the Kylak podcast and this first series called Begin Again.